coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Scarlet and Violet introduced new bug and glitch type Pokemon. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be going through the news from the week, including record-breaking Pokemon sales. And then on Thursday, we're looking back at Nintendo's mobile games and then projecting ourselves into the future of Nintendo's mobile games. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Patrick, have you ever been much of a um, like Black Friday or Cyber Monday shopper? Ooh no, not uh, so not, uh, not not much of one. But every now and then I'm like, hang on a minute, we're getting a new TV. Or uh, this this last week, um, I was like, ooh, there are a handful of Switch games that I want to buy, uh, that are on sale. So I picked up this this week. Uh, I I picked up them as fighting herds. I picked up the Capcom uh fighting arcade collection and Fire Emblem Heroes uh three houses, um. Uh, and I got, got all three of those games for like 90 bucks. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I feel like my uh, games on sale plan that I had for myself kind of backfired because uh, um, as listeners may remember, I decided to forego Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope and instead mm-hmm. being like, oh, that's going to go on sale super soon. So yeah, instead... This I, is a real kick in the teeth. <laughs> instead, I will pick up Persona 5 Royal because that's not going to go on sale. And yet, this it like did. this past week Persona 5 Royal was like half off and Sparks of half Hope half off. And Sparks of Hope is still uh full price. So, uh Which, that's the reality uh, okay. that I'm living in. <laughs> but it's not uh, still full price. Like it's been out for a month, right? Like I think it's we can still it'll still come down in price. Like we'll get there, Mark. That's true. That's true. It'll it'll all work out in the end. Yes, uh, good. Is it, did, did you try, uh, did, or not try, but uh, did you go after any other uh, sort of Black Friday deals this year? Or was this I the did, only one? It was. It was the only one. I guess I was too dejected to uh, <laughs> to keep scouring. Mark, when you get thrown off the horse, you got to get back on. <laughs> or you walk back all the way to camp. Yeah, that's true. You get on a bike, like a real, <laughs> like a good city boy. <laughs> um. Mark, uh, here's something you you could have done instead of uh, get on that horse again. You could have played my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, anyone can borrow it. All they got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. This is my copy of this game. Could be my copy of Untitled Goose Game. That's fine too. Um, I send it to you. I pay for postage both ways. You pay. You play it as long as you want. You don't pay anything. I'm sorry. I said you pay. The words you and pay came out of my mouth, and that's not at all what I should say when discussing this program. You pay nothing. That's how the sentence ends. Um, but yeah, this is a real program. You can really borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. All you gotta do is email us. And it's the perfect always, borrowing program. Yes, as always, it <laughs> remains you. the perfect borrowing program. Um, all right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Okay, first thing, right up top, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, we're both playing it. If you want to hear us talk about it, uh, you got to go check out the Super Gamer Boys, uh, because that's why we're playing the game. Uh, we're talking about it on their book club, games club uh very exciting i love uh link to the past and i'm going to enjoy talking about it yeah i can't remember if uh we talked about this two weeks ago but the i realized looking at my save data on my switch the last time that i played this was for our retro month in like april of 2020 so it's been a while and um i am not having the same experience with it now that i had then so it's been a lot of fun oh interesting what a tease mark (laughs) oh yes yeah yeah i've also uh been to playing persona 5 royal Uh, i did not forget about it um i realized how you know i think i've at this point maybe played like seven hours um and so there is quite a lot of game 
yet to go, and I realize this because new systems are still always being introduced to me, like, all the time, um, but I am beginning to enjoy it more than I was in the uh, early hours of the game, which I guess isn't this that is much huge. of a surprise. Well, I, you know, it, it is, uh, but I guess it's not that much of a surprise just because I feel like that is how RPGs work, where it's like, well, you don't really know what you're doing for the first, you know, 10, 20 hours. Um, the uh, kind of like system by which you spend your days doing different things and how it like modulates that by sometimes it just like chooses what experience you're doing because it's part of the story and then other times you have freedom. Like I, I really like that give and take. So I, I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, it's I, I when when you said that you haven't forgotten it, I felt a little attacked. Like, <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am definitely forgetting about Persona Five Royal, and we're just getting further and further away from me, like actually putting time and effort into the game. Well, maybe Perso- Persona Five Royal will be your Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of Elusive Definitive be. Edition for the Nintendo Switch, where uh, maybe maybe I'm not promising anything. I will play it. And love it. And then for like three years, uh, you'll talk about playing it. And then one day you actually will. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that, that could be. I feel like I've sort of already been on that journey with Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> and this was my time to take it seriously, right? Oh, what are you going to do? Um, well, uh, Mark, it has have there been any like uh, big fun story beats or like things that you've responded to like um, uh, emotionally or like for for me i i dragon quest 11 s echoes of an elusive age definitive edition for the nintendo switch really started to hit for me when i met silvando and like had that whole like story around uh galopolis um and all of that um so as soon as like the game started to make me feel something that's when i was like oh i love this game forever um have you had any moments like that in Persona 5 yet? No, not really. And it's not that I dislike the characters. Um, I still think that they're, I do still think that they're kind of like too talky for my taste. But I think it's more that like I'm becoming a little more familiar with the systems. And again, they introduce new ones all the time. And some of the mechanics that it introduces, like there's this, you know, there are the palaces, which are kind of like, the main events of the game, which, yeah. by the way, I'm saying that, I don't really know. I've only done one, and I'm, like, working my way towards what I assume is going to be a second one. Um, but, you know, it, like, introduces these other things that you spend your time on in between. And there's some new, I guess, like, new characters or ideas that are introduced um, that you get out of kind of, like, the very beginning of the game um where you know like you're the new kid at school and nobody likes you and like all that kind of stuff nobody likes you still but you do start to get some more allies and uh as like the world begins to open up i i'm just having more fun with the game itself okay all right well let let me know when you hit one of those like wow i love this and i love these guys moments uh and then and and then we'll we'll talk about that and then i'll have something to look forward to cuz right now i'm just i'm i'm kind of I, I feel like I've already just like drifted by it. Like the yeah. moment for me may have passed. I feel like I'm not the best ambassador for the game right now. Cause again, I'm maybe like seven, eight hours in at most. And right. so uh, I'm sure I, or I have faith that those moments are coming. All right. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing about them. Uh, Mark, I continue to play uh, Shovel Knight uh, games. Um, I've been putting more time into Shovel Knight Showdown um, because and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, but the, the game starts you off with a, a, a Shovel Knight Showdown is the sort of like fighting game uh, within the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Um, and when you and I played it, uh, you know, like a year ago now, several months ago now, um, we were like unlocking characters and uh, like stages and stuff pretty quick. Um, but I, I think the game starts with like six or seven characters, something like that. And there are 20 in the game total. Um, and uh, so when I turned it back on recently, I was like, I should try to unlock some of these characters. And I have since gone into like full on, like looking up the guide to like how, what are the conditions to unlock this character? Um, and there are, uh, I, I discovered last night that there are, uh, you know, every every individual character has like 
um, some condition like beat the story mode with you know blank character um, or on whatever difficulty. But there are two other ways to unlock these characters. One is just like put in a certain amount of time in versus mode, right? And then there's another way which is like a series of button inputs on like the home like it's like a cheat code. But like, I don't want to do a cheat code. I want to like earn them. You know what I mean? So are you, uh, do you know how many characters there are total? How many potential fighters? Yeah. Well, so yeah, there, there, there are 20 total uh, and I'm up to 17 at the moment. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, and I, I feel like I can do it. It's even, even the last time that we were talking about this, I realized that I didn't fully understand like how to play the game and how to play the game. Well, like I can pretty, uh, pretty consistently now get through story mode with uh, whatever character I need to. It just takes me uh, a, a little bit of time. There was a while where I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good about Shovel Knight Showdown. I had it like... Um, I, I, I had it sort of like near the bottom of my list of like uh, ranking all the Shovel Knight games and it's slowly creeping up, man. I don't know. I'm really, really enjoying it. That's awesome. Yeah. What a different experience that must be with like all of those fighters compared to, you know, the six or whatever you and I were messing around with. Yeah. It's, and it's amazing how like differently they play and um, it's all, it's all very good. It's a, it's a, a great little game. And I know that like no one, t- you know, in, in like looking up stuff about like how to unlock these characters, it's just like, it's clear that like no one is playing this game. There are like no no guides or anything. I'm just I'm just using the Shovel Knight wiki, which is clearly written by like Yacht Club themselves, you know. Um, uh huh. So, you know, it's a uh, it's I I feel I feel like I'm alone out here, but I'm loving it out here. Um, Mark, I also played Mario Party two um with uh Connor McCabe and two of the super ga- uh super gamer boys um uh last week on on stream for a little while. Um, to support men's health uh, things. Uh, and um, I got to say, uh, I, I, Mark, what, what is your impression of like the early Mario Party games? Do you, um, do you like hold them as like, ah, that's when the Mario Party series was good? What, 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 is, what, is it, what are your thoughts on this? I, 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 and this is nothing against Mario Party in general, but I don't hold any of those games really in esteem. But I, I remember renting it for the Nintendo 64. I don't even know if it was the first one or the second one or what. Yeah. But um, I remember like having an okay time with it, but I, I've, I've never been a huge Mario Party person. We, we played a 20-turn game with four, four players, right? Um, and uh it lasted almost 2 hours uh, and uh, 20 turns is the small the shortest game you can play it goes <laughs> up to 50 you can ask it to do a 50 turn game that's i mean if we're doing the math that's 5 hours <laughs> like i don't know who would ever want that so um okay that is an incredibly long time uh was it fun did you enjoy it I, I enjoyed spending time uh, playing games with my friends online. Uh, uh, diplomatic the, 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 answer. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think the game is is particularly fun. Um, but uh, so I I went online and was like, I gotta. There must be. There's there's no consensus, right? Like people have all sorts of different opinions about Mario Party. But I did see a, a list that put Mario Party three at the like very tippity top, and we know that Mario Party three is coming out on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online uh, at some point next year. So that's, Mark, I'm putting all my chips on that. I'm putting all my chips on Mario Party 3. Uh, when that comes out, I'm going to play it, and I'm, that's the one I'm going to love. I think so. I think we should bank on it. Um, also, I got to say, uh, playing four-player games on uh, the Nintendo 64 Nintendo Switch Online, uh, super seamless and fun. Like, I, I was uh, shocked at how easy and smooth it was. Um uh, and just like one person takes control and is like the the first player that you know like actually runs the game and everyone else is just like playing on their own switch uh i i know that that's just what online gaming is um but it, it's a miracle to me whenever it works on a nintendo platform oh my gosh i totally i completely like um it 
seems like something we should be able to take for granted, and yet, you know, Splatoon 3 continues to be right. a little bit of a mess right. of uh, connection <laughs> errors. But I uh, I actually haven't played any online games on Nintendo 64 Switch Online, so maybe when uh, GoldenEye comes out, we'll have to we'll have to try that out. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Can we do the like the campaign co-op together? Oh, I don't uh, I don't think the game supports. Come on. Come Co-op. on! <laughs> I don't think, but uh, but I I honestly I honestly don't remember. Okay, we'll figure it out. If it does, then we're doing it. Um, Mark, I've also been uh, continuing to play God of War Ragnarok, um, which is of course not a uh, not a Nintendo game, so I won't talk about it too much here. Um, other than to say that I am still having a very good time with it, but I have been playing for quite a while. Um, and there was a, a little bit where I was like, how how much more game do I have here? Um, so I went to go look up a, a, a walkthrough, uh, and, uh, just, you know, it was broken up into chapters and I am just finishing what the IGN walkthrough is considering chapter six. And I was like, okay, well, how many chapters are there? 18 Mark. There are 18 oh chapters. <laughs> I'm a third of the way through the game. Um, and, uh, I'm, th- there's a part of me that's like, uh-huh. like, I feel a little bit defeated by it that like, um, you know, I spent a lot of time over the Thanksgiving weekend here, uh, just like. Like, you know, it's several hour uh, long, you know, hours long play sessions um, and just being like, I'm only a third of the way through the game. I, I mean, I'm enjoying it. So, like, I don't know what there is to complain about, but like I was just I was hoping to get to like that moment of accomplishment um, sooner. Uh, and I just don't think that I'm going to. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's such a tricky balance where like um, you can be enjoying a game and still be ready for it to be over with. Totally. Uh, yeah that that that's that's hard it's I, I think especially when a game um uses the language of cinema as much as uh god of war ragnarok does that like the way that it wants to be impressive is the way that a movie or a tv show is impressive right like it's using that same language and you know if i've been playing the game for like 15 hours means i've been watching a movie for 15 hours right like i want that movie to be done 13 hours ago (laughs) even if it's a great movie so i mean i i think that's that's where i'm feeling like i've already marathoned a a season of a tv show is what it feels like uh and i can't believe i got to do that two more times uh all right um but i i'm i'm enjoying it i i love it i think uh the the writing is good the the combat's fun um, and it's a, a great game. Uh, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Yesterday, November 28th, uh, golf was added to Nintendo Switch Sports in an update. It includes 21 holes from the Wii Sports series. Uh, local play is supported, and up to eight players can battle online in the survival golf mode where whoever takes the most strokes each round is out uh so let me ask you this uh 21 holes from the wii sports series does that mean there are no new holes yeah i i think i think that is true i think it all is all from um the wii sports series and i also think that this Hmm. is the last content update like a uh, new sport that we know of at least at this point that is coming to Nintendo Switch Sports and is the only sport that has been added. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh and and then on November 30th uh, on Wednesday, Front Mission First Remake is released. This is uh one that was announced a while ago. I can't remember if it was the partner showcase in June or like uh some direct somewhere this game was revealed and 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 then like re-revealed as well right yeah and it's the first of uh, a couple of front mission games that are coming to switch um and then on thursday december 1st the splatoon 3 chill season update is released and the nintendo twitter account uh confirmed that as part of that marooners bay is making a comeback for salmon run in splatoon 3 this is the uh salmon run map that has like a really tall ship and then the coast like the beach outside of it so you have to be very like strategic in um you know being down on the beach and then make really quickly making your way up this on this really tall ship so it's kind of a cool map happy to see it back yeah very very cool to see uh uh 
um, Salmon Run getting the same kind of support as the rest of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And then also on December 1st, on Thursday, a new Joe and Mac Caveman is released, which is a, a brand new Joe and Mac game. It's I we we got to talk about this because it's uh I I don't so I, I I saw this trailer pop up um and I texted it to my to my buddy Pete uh and was like I can't believe this uh they're making a new Joe and Mac game and that's basically out right now um uh and then I I uh I, I described the way it looked and I, I I swore so I'm not going to say what I said to him uh, in, in the text here but it it looks real bad like it looks and the, the joe and mac games like aren't actually good uh, classic games they're just like classic because you play as cavemen and that's kind of funny um but uh it's it looks it looks awful the the, the the game looks awful i don't know if you checked out the trailer like <laughs> i i did watch the trailer i feel like in stills it doesn't look that bad but in motion um it doesn't look awesome but also i have no real affinity for the joe and mac series I sort of do, <laughs> even though I know they're not good. Um, and this just looks like hot hot garbage to me. <laughs> well, also on Thursday, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remastered is released. This has to be like Square Enix's 100th release this year. They they, they have released so many games. It's kind of crazy <laughs> yeah. um, the amount of games that Square Enix has released. But this is a, uh, a remaster of Romancing Saga, which I think was originally released for playstation 2 could that be right no super famicom um but a <laughs> but a remake a, a previous remake was released on playstation 2 uh also releasing thursday inscription railbound and arcade archives tetris the grand master okay so i want to talk about uh, arcade uh, arcade archives a little bit um the the tetris the grand master um which is uh like an interesting like you know arcade version of tetris that would uh that's like extremely difficult um, has this like reputation for being just like a, a Tetris pro killer. Um, like that, that there are like moments in the game where it does like uh, automatic immediate drop. Um, so like the, the second uh, a piece appears um, you can like try to influence it one direction or the other, or like try to get a spin off, but like, there's no, it just falls like so super fast. And then that let, lets up after a little bit. So I'm very interested to try that out, but I also just wanted to shout out that, um, arcade archives um is celebrating this so this it's uh the they're put out by a company called hamster um and they're celebrating 300 consecutive weeks of releasing uh arcade archives games on the nintendo switch with a nintendo published arcade game sale so um through december 15th uh all of their nintendo published games are uh, down from eight dollars to five fifty nine, so it's like thirty percent off. Um, and you know, a lot of the a lot of the games that they publish uh, are a lot of games that they they put out here that uh, were, were originally published by Nintendo are um, redundant to what is on the uh, NES um, Nintendo Switch Online. But there are a few that aren't, and there are differences between the arcade versions of these games and the NES versions of these games. So um, I just want to shout out a, a couple, um, like the Arcade Archives version of Donkey Kong, um, which is the arcade version of Donkey Kong. The NES version is missing a level. Um, so there are, are three levels in the NES version of Donkey Kong, uh, but there are four in the Arcade Archives version. So like, if you like Donkey Kong, original Donkey Kong at all, check out the arcade version it's now you know uh, five and a half bucks so that's a pretty good deal um there's a, a mahjong game that nintendo published uh both uh, punch out and super punch out uh, are uh, different versions of of the game that include like the wireframe uh little mac um and all, for a lot of these games but specifically for the punch out games they use the uh the vertical monitor instead of like the normal horizontal so like there's an aspect ratio thing that's uh kind of uh, trippy and unique um, there's also a game called sky skipper which has never been ported to the uh, nes um, it's a, a weird you're like flying a plane fighting giant gorillas it has nothing to do with donkey kong but like it kind of looks like it has everything to do with donkey kong um, 
and then uh, the all of the um, uh, versus games, so versus Balloon Fight, versus Super Mario Brothers, and versus Tennis, um, which is just sort of like souped up versions of uh, those NES games. Um, all of those are on sale. So it's it's a neat, and I, I did go on a little bit of a spending bender uh, here, Mark, and, and pick up a few of these things, and I'm very excited to try out the arcade versions of a lot of these games. Including, I'm assuming, Donkey Kong 3. Donkey Kong 3 and Donkey Kong Jr. I picked up the, I already had the original Donkey Kong uh, in arcade archives, but yeah, I picked up the other two because um, they're all like a little different. There are some really cool graphical things that they do in Donkey Kong 3. Um, you know, uh, the the game is you uh, play an exterminator um, and Donkey Kong is like invading a greenhouse. Um, and the beehives that he like kind of like wraps with his knuckles to like release uh, insects that come in and fight you um, on the NES version, they just sort of like pop out. Um, but in the arcade version, check out video of it. It's really cool um, that like they start out small and kind of like loop around. They, there's this really neat trick of perspective and whatever they were able to do with like the enhanced hardware of the arcade cabinet versus the NES um, it just has a much more like ethereal, creepy, bug-like effect. There's this; it feels like a real swarm of insects. It's so cool. Oh, that's cool, man! Donkey Kong Three, uh, Stanley the Bugman in arcade perfection. Yep, yep, yep. So I look, and I, I, I knew, Mark, I knew that in talking about arcade archives, I was gonna just talk about something that interested only me for a little bit. <laughs> um, but the, the, there you have it. It's, it's, uh, th- there are a lot of games in there. Um, check it out if any of them interest you. They are now just five and a half dollars. Also, three hundred consecutive weeks. It just brings me back to the early days of this show when we, you know, were doing new releases, and the Switch eShop was not the bumper crop that it is on most weeks now. And we were consistently talking about what was coming out in Arcade yep. Archives. Yeah, and I think that's probably when uh, Donkey Kong came out and I bought it at that time. The, uh, the There is, um, you know, speaking of the sort of like different perspective on uh, the, the the monitors, um, you know, the, the vertical monitors, um, there is a, uh, a peripheral called the Switch Grip, I believe, um, that like you can hold the uh the the switch uh vertical and like have the joy cons you know on like the top and bottom of it basically um that i may want to get now because uh all of these uh, nintendo games use the vertical monitor for some reason um and so like i'd like to play those games in there uh in an aspect ratio that like makes sense on on that switch it's so weird to think of like just it's 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 i I was playing donkey kong jr earlier tonight and just like oh yeah these levels are taller than i expect them to be which yeah, is so it's cool. A, it's a, it's also just a kind of like a cool uh feature of the Switch that you can play it yeah. um vertically if you have the right accessories for it. Yeah. Well, and cuz Sarah's never going to let me do that to our TV, right? So <laughs> <laughs> Uh all right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, this is, of course, the last time that we will be talking about the uh, Disney films, the Disney animated films of the 1990s. Um, uh, we've ranked the bad guys. That's right. We ranked them. Uh, we ranked the, the villains, the animal buddies, and the music. Uh, but now we are going to be ranking the main ships in each of these uh, cartoon movies. So ships, uh, relationships that we're pulling for, right? Th- that's right. We're not talking about like uh, Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid, whatever his like sailing ship is called right. versus uh, right. whatever ship they show up on in Tarzan. Uh, or in Pocahontas, right? With, with, right. Uh, look, with, there are a couple. Maybe we should change it. Maybe it should be those <laughs> ships. <laughs> okay. Uh, are, but for, first we need to establish what each of the ships, the uh, main ships are. Okay. So I think... And rescuers down under. It's fair to say that it's Bernard and Bianca, the yeah. titular rescuer rescuers. And I think they're going to be hard to beat. Frankly, Bernard and Bianca, they adventure together. Uh, it's uh, what 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 more do you want? They're they make a good mice. team. Yeah, they do make a good team. Uh, okay, Beauty and the Beast. 
Who do you think is the main ship here? I, I have I have a suggestion, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say Lumiere and Cogsworth. So I was going to say Lumiere and the sexy feather duster. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, that is actually canonically <laughs> true. So, yeah, I think I, that's a good one. I like that a lot. <laughs> all right. All right. Great. Um, uh, and the, with then uh, leads us to Aladdin. Um, who do we want to count as the main ship in Aladdin? I feel like there's really only Jafar one. and Yago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Aladdin and, and Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think it is for this one. I think um, I think but, it is. I th- yeah. But what about the Lion King? Oh no this this is Timon and Pumbaa. Okay, I'm, I'm and good they, with that. That's they they they're like OTP as well. Like. They they belong together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mm, okay, Pocahontas pass. <laughs> yeah, pass. I don't know. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm not really rooting for any of these crazy kids to get together. No, <laughs> no. And there's like too much historical record associated what, with it too. What 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 if it's um in the the song where she's singing about uh like what's around the river bend. There's uh-huh. otters that are jumping out of the water. What if it's like those two otters? They have to be a yeah, couple. Yeah, the otters. The otters. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> yeah. uh, hunchback. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. Um, I mean, is uh, this is another <laughs> tough one. This is another bad one. Um, yeah. Well, bad in the sense that uh, um, there's no, like, real shippable couples. Right. Um, do you want to pass on this one too? Because I, I, I think you're right. I mean, what's what's the name of the villain? Can we ship like him and God? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like him and a twisted sense of morality. Is that the best sure. ship in the movie? They deserve yeah, each so other. So we're skipping it. We're we're skipping it. <laughs> okay, we're skipping it. Frollo, Frollo, and morality. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. All right. Then from from Hercules, do you want to just go Hercules and Meg on this one? Yeah, I think it's I uh, I think it's strong. Herc and Meg. Um uh, that 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 counts. I think that I think that's a good ship. Uh Mulan. Okay, the problem with this one is that uh the main like uh love interest between Mulan and the guy. <laughs> yeah. Not that interesting. Is it Mushu and uh, the other ancestors are they our favorite ship? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's they. It's definitely a like because they don't respect him at all at first, uh-huh. right? He has to he has to earn their trust. Um. Or is it um? Yeah. Uh, like the mom and dad. The mom and dad have a sweet relationship. Yeah. Mul- I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, that that's good. <laughs> Mulan's, Mulan's mom, mom and dad. Mark, you're not going to believe it. We just ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> what, without naming what the defining ship of Tarzan is? Uh, there we go. I've stopped, I've stopped the timer on my phone. Um, do you want to do Tarzan? I mean, is it Turk and Tonto? Or is it not Tonto? Wait, what is the uh, elephant's name? <laughs> Ooh, uh, the, the, the Wayne Knight character. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I tell it? you what. Dare I yeah, Google, Google it? it. Google it, but I do not ship them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is uh, Tantor. 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 Yeah. And um, what's Turk. Rosie O'Donnell's? Turk. Yeah, okay. Don't pretend uh, you don't know Turk's name. <laughs> <laughs> They're at the bottom. Okay, fair. Da- yeah. Down right. there with Frollo and, and, and Morality. <laughs> yep, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, and at the top, got to be Bernard and Bianca and uh, Timon and Pumbaa, right? Yep. Everyone else just fills out the middle. Uh, all right. We were accompanied today by a timer on my phone. Mark, let's get into the news. Just a few short months after uh, the original Super Mario Brothers trailer, there is a new one releasing today at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, So no real need to talk about it very much on the show, especially because there's nothing for us to talk about other than the announcement. Um, But I guess uh, if you're listening to this 
before the trailer's released, just know that Nintendo specifically called out that they're not announcing any games or there's no game information associated with it, just the trailer. Um, do you think, I mean, first of all, I do think it's interesting that they are continuing to call these uh, Nintendo Directs um that like that that branding is is consistent that branding is strong uh that's how they're uh doing any sort of publicity here um but uh do you think that we're this is going to be just a trailer or is it going to have like the same sort of bumpers uh chris milladandry uh and um you know like are we going to get like preamble from uh the people involved yeah the fact that they're calling it a nintendo direct makes me think that maybe we will get some preamble yeah, the uh, you think like Charlie Day is going to talk about his experience stomping Koopas at the I mean, arcade? Yeah, or? exactly. We only we only heard from a couple of people, and you know, on the teaser, they're showing the interior of Peach's castle, or at least like a a piece of it. So maybe we'll see yep. uh, Anna Taylor Joy. She'll maybe she'll be um in the intro there. I will say that this seems like the kickoff to a bigger marketing campaign because. With this announcement today, kind of the floodgates opened as far as leaks with marketing materials. So different like posters yeah. and images that appear to be tied with like McDonald's or other or movie posters. So I have the feeling that there's that we'll be seeing a lot more uh, Super Mario Brothers movie stuff in the coming days and weeks. Uh, it seems like this is going to really kick off whatever the like marketing machine for the movie. Yeah, well, and it's interesting that, like, that didn't happen last time, right? That la last time was a very, like, Nintendo-style uh, marketing beat. Maybe this one is the more, like, traditional Hollywood movie uh, marketing machine ramp-up. Um, it, it, it's just so interesting to see, like, uh, they, there are so many, like, different marketing methods being they're sort of like running into each other um with, with this movie uh and they're all sort of working at the same time um yeah i don't know are are you are you hopeful that um are, are you excited for this trailer are you bracing yourself for it like what has changed since the the last time we were headed into one of these things yeah i would say that after that first trailer kind of uh soothed my greatest fears and then i don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen um you know some of the marketing leaks that came out but the more that i am seeing of it the like more at ease i feel i still you know i i maybe it will turn out to not be good but it doesn't seem like it's going to be a train wreck which was really what my you know biggest concern was yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 second uh in that first trailer that like Bowser stepped off his ship and didn't like fart to cut the tension or something, uh, I, I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> all right, we'll be okay. Yeah, we'll get yeah. through this. A hundred, completely agree. <laughs> uh, next week, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave Three is released on December seventh. It adds two new cups with eight courses. Uh, first is the Rock Cup with Tour London Loop. Uh, the from uh, Mario Kart Tour, the Game Boy Advance, Boo Lake, the Nintendo 3DS's Rock Rock Mountain, and then the Wii's Maple Treeway. Patrick, anything to say on these four courses before we move on to the other cup? I mean, honestly, I'm excited to talk about every single one of these tracks. Um, so let's let's get the other four out here, and then let's just uh, talk about them all. Okay, cool. So the 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 other cup releasing in Wave Three is the Moon Cup. It includes Berlin Byways from Tor, Peach Gardens from Nintendo DS, Merry Mountain, and the 3DS's Rainbow Road. Uh, so this is great. Uh, this is another, like, just as the, the second wave was, uh, like, kind of had a, a bunch of tracks to be excited about, I am, like over the moon excited about maple treeway uh, uh peach gardens and the 3ds rainbow road um those are all tracks that i absolutely love um and i'm so excited to see back here yeah i'm i really love uh peach gardens from the nintendo ds or i remember yes. really loving it and i'm very excited to hear what the music sounds like for this version because i think that's a really good track on the Nintendo DS. Sorry, one thing I just want to... Uh, I missed it. Mary Mountain is from Mario Kart Tour. Just calling that yes. out. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're sort of uh, uh, carrying on this um, tradition that I, I wonder if we'll see it in every single one of these, um, that there are two tracks from, t uh, from Mario Kart Tour that are like uh, cities 
um, like uh, real cities on Earth, uh, and then one that is uh, uh, like something goofy. You know, we, we got the Ninja Hideaway, um, and we got what was it, what was in the the last one? Uh, the like Skyway Sunday or something like that. Yes, that's right, Skyway Sunday, um, and now the 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 Merry Mountain. Um, so it's 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 very cool to see uh to see this sort of like pattern um sort of develop and it means you know for uh two guys who didn't really play mario kart tour uh it means that we get three effectively new to us tracks in every single one of these yeah absolutely also just kind of crazy to me that with the release of wave three we'll be halfway through the dlc it's been you know i i think i can't remember exactly when the booster course dlc was announced but i think it was like april or something like that and yeah. uh, it's just wild that we're at the you know they promised it'd be out by all of it would be out by the end of 2023 and that seemed so far away when it was announced and now it's just like knocking on our door yeah yeah no it's um, it's it, it's nuts and it's just like uh i i'm excited i I'm, I'm sort of in like a state of disbelief that like we will get to a point where mario kart 8 deluxe has double the number of tracks it had when it released which was already like 50% more than uh, any of the other Mario Kart games before it. Like, it's absurd how much content is going to be in this game when all things are said and done. Yeah, kind of like uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, it is yep. difficult to see how they top it with whatever the next <laughs> Mario Kart game is. Right. Seems almost untoppable. But I, I think actually in, in both cases, um, if whenever the uh, the next version of the Switch comes out, uh, which I'm still banking on 2025, by the way, um, that they could release a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Deluxe with all of the tracks built in and a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Deluxe um, with all the DLC characters built in. And those would be like that those could be compelling packages all on their own. I mean, that's true. You just kind of like start there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The amount of and content. And keep building, you think? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I, I don't know. But just like uh, like you're saying, the amount of content in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe when all is said and done is just pretty crazy. Um. It's, so I, I was thinking about Maple Treeway um, or Maple Treeway. Is it like Treeway, like Freeway? I think it is, yeah. Okay. Um, that, uh, you know, it's, a, I, I remember you're like racing up a, uh, a, a tree, right? And it's like autumnal and leaves are falling and it's very pretty. Uh, and so I'm excited to see it not on the Wii, but on, uh, Switch. Um, but that was before we had the sort of like zero gravity stuff. I wonder what sort of zero gravity they're going to be imposing onto it. It seems like a prime candidate for that kind of thing. Yeah, oh, completely. Yeah, I'm also interested anytime that there's one of these like GBA tracks, interested to see yeah. how they reinterpret that. Yeah. Also, I mean if uh the the Rainbow Road on on 3DS, one more thing to just totally shout out here. If you didn't play the 3DS version of Mario Kart, um it is wild. It it takes you it goes so it's it's one of these one-way tracks, right? Uh so there's there's no laps. Um, but it like there's a thing where you're racing on like the rings of a planet. Uh, you're down on the moon at some point. Uh, it's really really cool. It is not uh, restricted to just being like a Rainbow Road track. It is also sort of a like Mario Galaxy style track. Um, just you're in space. It's so cool. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, I actually never picked up Mario Kart Seven, and it. Uh, I'd be interested what you think, Patrick. It kind of has a bad reputation. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I and I think that's warranted. Um, it's you know it's still Mario Kart at the end of the day, um, but like it's kind of slowish. Um, uh, but but I I don't think and and the the character selection is weird and the sort of like customization of uh, uh and like how you earn all, all all the parts and stuff is a little annoying. But I don't think the tracks are bad. Um, and in particular, I think this Rainbow Road is a standout. Um, because it goes so many fun, different, and unique places. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to check it out. So, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh released about a little over 10 days ago from the time this episode releases and I uh, And sorry that we're not talking about it as something <laughs> that we're playing just yet. We're we're both struggling to like force ourselves through a Persona 5 Royal. Um 
Uh, and I just, I feel like I, I look, do we have another huge game in our futures? Like yeah, probably, but like when, um, Mark, have you felt the, like the pull towards this game at all? Or are you feeling like inoculated by the sort of like glitchy buggy reports of, of how well, the game runs? Yeah. You know, it, I'm a little bit torn because, uh, I picked up, uh, uh, shield like from Pokemon sword and shield when it released and I played maybe 10 ish hours in it and just right. kind of like let it go by the wayside. Um, but, and, but the, I feel like the reviews for that game were positive. The reception was more mixed. And then I feel like the reviews for this game have been mixed partly for the, uh, like technical problems that the game seemed to have, like the, it's poor performance, but that the actual like gameplay, uh, seems to be really, uh, people seem to be really enjoying it. Like that it's one of the best Pokemon games in a while. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what I keep hearing and seeing as well. Like, I uh, <laughs> I, I got a a text from uh, Christian Humes over the over the weekend, uh, one of the hosts of the Unranked podcast, um, and uh, Christian and I hadn't uh, really been in touch for like months, uh, but he texted me. He was like, "Are you playing Pokemon?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm kind of avoiding it uh, at 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 the moment." And he was like, "Dude, you got to play it. It's so fun!" Uh, and just like. Uh, just texted for uh, like all morning on Friday um, about his fun experience playing Pokemon. So like I do, I'm like, I'm tempted to get into it. Is that crazy? Mark, am I crazy? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, to me, this kind of feels like a, a wait and see type situation, but it is definitely the most, I will say like intrigued by, a uh, new Pokemon game um, that I've been in a wa- in a while. We, but we, Patrick, you and I are kind of outliers in not picking yes. it up because we knew that it was the most pre-ordered game in the series. But uh, Nintendo just a few days ago announced that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, shipped over 10 million copies in its first three days on store shelves which is like far and away the biggest opening for Pokemon ever. Like that's a massive amount. I think uh, uh, just to put it in perspective, this is not to slight the game in any way. It's hugely successful. But in the new God of War game, you know, Sony announced that it had sold or shipped, you know, like I think it was like a little over 5 million or close to 5 million. And so uh, Pokemon like doubling that in three days. Also, it is the biggest debut in Japan uh, ever at 4.05 million copies and the previous record Jeez. was set just a few like mere weeks ago by splatoon 3 at 3.45 million so uh scarlet and violet at least in the opening here just kind of like exploded yeah i mean it's it's so interesting to just like spectate uh on you know the the release of uh scarlet and violet um, it being plagued by technical problems, uh, seemingly fans not that not stopping them from enjoying the game or from buying the game. Um, it's a, it's just it's 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 a fascinating little thing that's happening here, uh, and it makes me wonder like, um, is there is there a version of this where like they patch this game or like in a year is there like the third version of uh scarlet and violet or you know just like ultra scarlet ultra violet um that like fix these issues um or or what like is 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 there a future where this game is fixed first of all let's start there is there a future where this game is fixed i so i think that there will be continual improvements i don't know you know that It'll ever be amazing, but I would be surprised if there's a third version, just because it seemed like they had a lot of success with the uh, doing the DLC for Sword and Shield that kind of yeah. like extended the life of that game. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it's um you know like the limitations of an older system like the Switch running up against the ambitions of a game like Scarlet and Violet, uh, or you know that like yeah, I I don't know enough about it to really understand like where things went wrong but uh you would hope especially with a game with the launch this large that they don't want to poison the well by you know for the people that did find it unplayable or really difficult to get through um it feels like it'll have a lot of legs 
And so they have a lot of opportunity to fix it. What do you think? Uh, so here's... Follow me into conspiracy corner, if you will, okay? <laughs> I've got I've got I've got a wild theory, okay? Um, and the wild theory is that the Pokemon company was developing Pokemon Scar- Scarlet and Violet for the what eventually turned into just the Switch OLED, right? That they were developing for what they thought was going to be a stronger piece of hardware. And then when what actually came out in the Switch uh, uh, OLED version was uh, a brighter screen with better battery power and what have you, um, that they had to like retrofit the the game they had back into the original stri- uh, Switch um, hardware. Um, and that to me, so that's that's the theory, right? There, that's my theory. Um, and for me, that also speaks to why pokemon legends arceus also came out this year that they were like we'll have one version for the new switch and one version for the old switch that's you know like the people who have the old switch they can have the open world experience of arceus for the people who have the new switch they can do scarlet and violet and they're like well well actually this thing just has to go on there so mark my conspiracy theory is that when slash if we get uh, the announcement of a new model of switch that there will be a like launch version of it of of these games for it that runs better. I you know I I would 100% buy that you know uh that this game was targeting because when the OLED came out or right before the OLED came out, you know all of the like Bloomberg and other sources mm-hmm. were nailing all of the specs except for that more powerful like graphics right. chip. And so, yeah, I would totally buy that the games like Scarlet and Violet were developed with that in mind. And, you know, like whether there's a new version or not, I wonder if the games would just inherently run better on that new Switch. And so they were banking on the experience being, you know, the OLED would be have been out for a year by the time that Scarlet and Violet comes out. A lot of people would have it. Yes, the... I mean, almost the, like the uh, cyberpunk sort of thing where they're like, sure, yeah, like the uh, the older consoles would have an inferior experience, but enough people would be on the new consoles or whatever to uh, negate that. Yeah, I, I would totally buy that, that that was part of it for sure. Let me ask a follow-up question here. Does this make you at all nervous for Tears of the Kingdom? It... Um, makes me a little bit nervous it does but i think that uh the reputation of like uh, having a main like zelda entry and one that is a follow-up to such a beloved initial entry run really poorly where generally speaking nintendo games like don't have those uh, many of those issues in the first place like there were areas in breath of the wild where there was slowdown, you know, like you would yeah. uh, by the, the Great Deku Tree and like all that kind of stuff. But I feel like I would be really, really surprised if Nintendo releases um, a subpar experience with Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, I would before Scarlet and Violet came out, I f- was feeling the same way. That's like they'll find a way to make the game run, you know great and like the pokemon company is not nintendo they're they're different things but like their priorities are aligned right like um nintendo wants a pokemon game to run well on their hardware right um yeah i don't know it just it seems to me like uh they there's what what's the reason that one of these games would perform would do well on the system and the other one wouldn't uh, just uh, and again, not to like denigrate Game Freak because I I don't know sure. enough details to actually know what happened, but just technical prowess, right? Uh, yeah. Um, time in development, the amount of engineers on a project, and like the talent of those engineers. Um, I I think it is very like I I just have a really hard time believing that Nintendo would let something like that out the door, especially on a game as uh anticipated as Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, all right. Well, just know that I'm holding my breath at this point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of holding your breath, longtime Super Smash Brothers producer Masahiro Sakurai started a YouTube channel a few months ago called Masahiro, Masahiro Sakurai on creating games in which he like posts videos 
on his thoughts and experiences and kind of just like things that he wants to pass down that he's learned from game development over 40 some odd years. And uh, in a recent video on uh, the topic of game difficulty, Sakurai discussed the Fiend's Cauldron mechanic from the Nintendo 3DS game Kid Icarus Uprising. Uh, the Fiend's Cauldron, basically it lets a player select a difficulty before a level, and then the rewards that a player earns in that level scales with the difficulty. So the more difficult you choose, the better, and like the increased volume of rewards that you can receive. Uh, and, and that's all, like, I everybody should subscribe to the channel. Uh, it's really delightful. He posted just, like, a video about his cat uh, just a while ago. Like, it, it's just, uh, it's a, a great channel if you're interested in game development at all. Um, but also, pertinent to what, to this, uh, episode anyways, in passing, Sakurai teases, quote, it sure would be nice to play Kid Icarus Uprising on a home console. I wonder if someone out there will ever port it. Someone out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out in the comments if you want to port the game <laughs> to Switch. So previously, Sakurai, you know, had said that he wasn't sure if a port would be possible or that it would be, you know, like... A lot of work, um, but he knows that fans want it. Uh, so what do you think, Patrick? Is he teasing fans, or is he teasing a that a port could be in the works? Mm, I mean, I think we're dealing with a little gremlin of a man who wants to cause trouble and stir stuff up. I don't think he, I don't think he knows anything about a port that's coming anytime soon, uh, but I think he knows it creates a fun little storm if he's teasing it. I think so too. I think he's a he's a uh, just being a fun little imp here. Um, yes, that's right. And it's hard to imagine anybody but him, uh, at least you know, like having a guiding hand on something like a remake of Kid Icarus Uprising. I will say though that um, a totally different person in a totally different situation. But when uh, AJ Aonuma kind of like teased at a Zelda concert, a Skyward Sword remake. I think like two years before it was announced, we all we kind of had the same dance where it was like, well, would they remake Skyward Sword? Like, would it, could they do it on the Switch? Would it work without you know? And then that ended up being real. So, um, uh, but yeah, so start I, start the clock seven hundred thirty days from now. We'll see if there's a <laughs> right if there's a, a remake of uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Would you be interested in playing? I mean, we we played Kid. Ic Kid Icarus Uprising maybe two years ago at this point um, for the podcast uh, as part of our Kid Icarus month. Um, and I think we both really enjoyed it. Um, would you be interested in going back to it on Switch? I So I did really enjoy it. I did, you know, like find the control scheme to be a limiting factor in that enjoyment. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I would be interested in um, playing it on Switch or, you know, the next Nintendo hardware. I feel like uh, especially now that um, like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out and it would just be really interesting to kind of like uh, compare those games side by side because there is so much of Smash in Kid Icarus Uprising, like not like Tons, mechanically yeah. or any or like not, you know, like in gameplay so much as in the just the sheer volume of content and options and Easter eggs and fun things in Kid Icarus Uprising, it d really does kind of, like, rival Smash. Yeah, well, and it's also, like, it's very similar, and it's, like, UI and UX, right? Like, um, all the menus, like, the, the menus are never, like, text-based. They're all, like, design-based, right? That, like, there are these big panels that represent your options and um, bright colors, and, you know, it, it's all very, like, fun and clicky and engaging, and you never feel like you're just scrolling through uh, you know, words on the screen to select something different, um, which like, it, I I I can't believe more games don't like embrace that sort of style. Like, it's a uh, it, it's so cool and so uh, you know, games are graphic, uh, not text first, um, but you know that's so many. Again, I'm playing God of War. The a number of words on the screen as I'm playing God of War. It's just it's it's out of control. You know, the other thing with, like, Kid Icarus Uprising, bringing it to Switch, is that um, the the control scheme for Kid Icarus, Kid Icarus Uprising on the 3DS is notoriously uh, complex, kind of challenging, a little weird to play. But I don't know that I would want it to be just, like, a twin stick 
you know, like dual analog controls. Like that also kind of feels like beside the point. So I don't really know. I think I I think I kind of might want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> here's here here here's the thing. I think if it um because the, the the way the the control scheme works now is that you're using your left hand to do the like the the circle pad pro or the circle pad the pro was the add on uh the circle pad uh uh w- with your thumb and then using your left index finger to push the L button to fire and then it's a touch screen uh to like control aiming and stuff if it um which worked well enough in the flying sections but is like a disaster uh in 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 the the ground combat um and if they were to to take like that idea in the air uh, and just make it so that you're like controlling aiming with like motion controls like moving the reticle around with motion controls uh, and then like on the ground if it went to like a twin stick uh sort of like third person action game style control I, i feel like that would be perfect yeah that could be cool well, I guess uh, if, like you said, in two years, maybe we'll we'll be able to see which one of us was right. Yep. And Wait, then... which one of us? Are we on opposite sides of this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing a line. I don't know where, <laughs> but I'm doing it. Uh, finally, maybe. we missed it in our last news episode, but November 16th was Shigeru Miyamoto's 70th birthday. So, uh, Miyamoto, you don't have to be sad anymore. Uh, the, we are recognizing your birthday. I know, I know that you were missing it. You listened to the show religiously Mm -hmm. and, um, I just want you to know that we knew it was your birthday and we didn't forget. Right. And your cake is in the mail. (laughs) That's right. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Follow us on all the places where you like to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell and the show is at Nincart Society. Get in our Discord. Uh, you can email us or tweet at us uh, for an invitation in there. Um, it's a super fun time. People are having good, fun conversations about Nintendo all the time. Uh, Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, let's bring back Kid Icarus Uprising. I'm now I'm on I'm on that side now. Thank you for listening. <laughs>